may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... A game of two halves at the weekend as Cardiff City managed to stop the rot with a thrill draw at Stoke. At halftime, it looked like the rot was going to continue and set in under Steve Morrison's reign. But in the second half and in the space of about six minutes, the Cardiff boys turned it around and came away with a point that felt like three points and a big old win for the big old Bluebirds. Joining me to dissect this, as usual, is Ben Price. Ben, do you want to tell everyone your news? Yeah, I want to sign Neymar shirt today. So I'm in a very, very good mood. Buzzing for you, mate. Buzzing for you. I like, I like you. How you did it? Well, retweeting a tweet on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doing the least, but getting the most. That's what we're about here on View from the. I think it's only right. I'll say follow away days on you or follow away days on YouTube. Ellis Platten. His content is yeah. quite good. To be fair, he's ah, a fuck good. him. No, you've won a shit. Done with him. Do you want, does he want? I haven't had it yet. So it's not. Can he sponsor us? Can he give us some stuff? I don't know. I, I'm, getting, other, I'm getting something from You're him. getting some stuff, yeah. So yeah. you're you're betting a bit personally. And the other voice you heard there was, as always, uh, Tom Phillips. Tom, not in the bedroom today. Looks like you're in the lounge. Yeah, upgrade for me today. I've been allowed to yeah, have the big space. Mate. Big Thank big you. news for you as well, I suppose. Yeah, just as big a win, in my opinion. Mm. Anything bigger, because you've won in your household. That's so, true. That's true. Yeah, you can lord it. Sorry, Ben. Sorry to talk about right. the news. If I won over my missus, it'd be a bigger achievement as well, because it never fucking happens. Well, there's something to aim for there, mate. Next week, I believe in you. Uh, there's only one place to start, um, and that's with Neymar's shirt. Uh, do you know when what game it was from? Um, is it is it match? It's not match worn. I thought it was. Oh. Sorry, I won it. I got really excited, but still, sign Neymar shirt. Not going to complain. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, he's pretty much the most famous, one of the most famous footballers in the world, apart from me. Um, moving on to the Stoke game, which is actually the more natural place to start. Um, ben. What a game of two halves that was. As Alex Ferguson famously once said, you could have killed... Sorry, football, bloody hell. <laughs> what was the first thing you were going to say? Well, you know, when when um, Ashley Williams booted the ball into Van Persie's head, he said you could have killed, killed him. him. <laughs> could have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only other Alex Ferguson quote I really know. Um, I like it. But um, football, bloody hell. Game of two halves, classic cliche. Talk me through it. It was a game of three thirds, I think. The first 60 minutes were bloody horrific. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's amazing what a goal can do to... Confidence. That team. My God, we went from just absolute bell ends to playing some nice bit of football. It was we knocked it around well. It was impressive to watch. It was an unbelievable improvement just from one goal. And then we got the second, and it just felt inevitable that we were going to get that third. It was scary. It's the most enjoy. It's the most enjoyment of five minutes I've had all season. We went from prime Harmar superstar to prime Neymar, didn't we? Hey, how do that? Yeah, I am actually. It's a, <laughs> it's a bit of a niche reference, but I was, I was thinking about it in my head and I had to say it. Um, so, I'm, I, you know, we, we were 2-0 down after 16 minutes. And, and for all the world, and I even tweeted this, um, so this is my my penance for that, um, I thought we were going to go nine in a row losses, um, not wins, nine in a row losses. But Stevie Morrison turned around in the second half. But the question I've got for you is, how bad were some of the goals? Oh, comical. Absolutely Comical. The Volks, the Volks attempted turn thing. I don't know what it was. <laughs> that, that bloke is low on confidence and it's showing. But like, it, it just felt like we were doing the same pattern as we've done every game this year. Ellis pattern. Yeah. Um, where it was like, create an early chance, then concede immediately after it, and then capitulate. But then yeah. this, but this time we added a fourth C in and that was comeback. So <laughs> perhaps it's, you know, it's a whole new approach from Steve Morrison. Lure them in, 
And then, bam. But like, yeah, like Ben said earlier, it's amazing the confidence they got from it. And you could see just all the frustration coming out in the celebration. It's like they knew that was in there somewhere. They just couldn't get it out. And yeah, fantastic. And three Welsh goal scorers as well, which is madness. Yeah, I think there's that that photo isn't there of all the players celebrating. Will Vox looks like he's on the verge of tears because he's so yeah. he's so happy about what's happened and he's like punching in his air and all that kind of stuff. I'm not um, surprised because honestly, I think that's the worst 60 minutes of football I've seen from a player ever, and that includes me on a on a Saturday. And no offense to Will Vox, he's had some shockers at a Cardiff show. Yeah, well. but this was like the turn to concede the goal was probably the highlight of the game. That's how bad he was having until that sort of first goal went in. It was an absolute shocker of a game for him. Um, Ben, when Fletcher's goal went in, so Fletcher scored the first goal about a minute into the second half, I think it was about 30 seconds into the second half, where he somehow managed to lob Smithies, even though it looked like he was trying to pass it across the goal. It was bizarre. Did you fear the worst at that point? Had you written the game off at that point? I'd already written off at 2-0 down, to be honest. Oh, a pessimist. When that, when that third goal went in, I was searching for a honey roasted peanut. I dropped down the back of the sofa. So, um, why would you eat it when it's down the back of the sofa? Would you not? Well, I wasn't going to eat it. I was going to put oh, it in the fine. bin. Oh, okay. fair play to you, actually. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. A, I'm, not, I'm not a slob. No, because I probably would have eaten it. I would. Yeah, I 100. <laughs> yeah, it. I'm. I am a slob. I'm a massive. No, slob. I, I've got a pug, and the amount of hair that dog leaves is ridiculous. So it, that honey roasted nut would have been fur coated. Um, was the defining moment and the changing moment? Um, not the peanut, Tom. Uh, was it Mark Harris coming off the bench? Oh, he made such a difference, didn't he? Like, it was just that kind of just upgrade of energy across the whole team. He just offers something different, doesn't he? And, like, playing alongside Moore as well, it kind of it gives Kiefer that break where he doesn't have to go running as much because he knows that Mark Harris is going to do it with him. Mm-hmm. And it's just another offering for Giles as well, doing down the flank, just someone else who's making that, like, drinking run into the box. And you, you think he's got to start games going forward now. Like... That works with the two up top. We've got to be a little bit more bold, especially at home. And, you know, we went, we didn't score in what, like eight games under McCarthy. We've scored three in a game there. And it's just that turning point now, just next game, kind of go for it, you know, try and build on that momentum. Because, like, we were awful at first half, but we're we're ending that so confident. And you can see there's just the release in the fans, the players. So just build on that now, get the same people on the pitch who ended that game just because they're, they're the ones who have got to have the confidence at the moment. Ben, is it as simple as playing players in their correct positions? Obviously, we've 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 toiled with Bakuna at left-back, right-wing, wherever. I don't even know where he's playing half the time. Dropped into the middle of the park, and he had more of an influence on things. That pass he played for, um, I think, the second goal, where he put it out wide to Giles, and he crossed it in. That was a wonderful pass, wasn't it? Yeah, he was really good. I don't think it's just, I think there's more to it than just playing in the right position, but it's it makes things a lot easier for the boys to get going. And Bakuna, probably more than any player I can remember in a long time at City, has suffered by being played out of position in a role that he's not familiar with. And like the second in a team that's constantly in fucking drama. Disarray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's got to be nice for him. It's going to give him that little boost of confidence. And you can see. Yeah, it gives him the opportunity then to play a couple of passes that's probably no disrespect to Will Vox, even on form. He's not playing some of those. He's having a shot from there, to be honest, isn't he? So, <laughs> fair well, play ben, to That's it. quite offensive. Did you not see his pass um, for Giles against Blackpool? Sprayed it 60 yards right into Giles' path. Yeah, all right, that's harsh, but... <laughs> yeah, take it back. Apologise to Will Vox. I, apo- I apologise, William. It's Thank you. not personal. I actually quite like him. I think he seems like a lovely bloke. 
I do feel like we talk about Volks, we talk about Bakuna. Like since since Warnock left, we've a team that have constantly gone up and down in confidence, haven't we? And like Warnock left when it was on the down. Harris came in, kind of went down a bit and then started to go back up towards the end of the season. Then last season, down. McCarthy comes back in. Uh, you know, it's like a roller coaster. Life's a roller coaster. Ronan Keaton most famously said, Tom. Um, do you think well, we can talk about the managerial update next, but do you think whoever comes in now, we just need that stability of someone who's going to be around for a few years and get them playing in a system where you can get the best out of the players rather than chopping and changing it every three weeks? Yeah, I reckon so. It'd be nice to do that up peak again and then stabilise. That'd be quite yeah, nice. Yeah. Actually, That's why yeah, this yeah. momentum get, first. Get to the top of megaphobia, not the bottom. Yeah, that's exactly that. Perfect analogy. I'm sure Steve Morrison said exactly the same thing in the changing room. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Bakuna's <laughs> going, what is megaphobia? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely. But I think it, it did highlight our issues that first half in the midfield. Like, yes, we were great second half for the last half hour and arguably could have won it as well. But, you know, it kind of papers over cracks again, doesn't it, that we're really missing, like, key midfielders at the moment and people are still cutting through us like we're not even there. So... Mm. I think a lot of work needs to be done, but yes, stability is exactly what we need. Like a, a clear system, you know, and play like playing people like Mark Harris. Because the one thing, look, it wasn't great under McCarthy in the end, but the one thing he did do was bring through youngsters who've now got game time. So if you can add confidence to that game time as well, and with results like that, that's only going to happen soon. So yeah, it's time to get a bit of stability, but blood those youngsters in now because there's clearly some class there. You know, you, you could see people absolutely lauding over Colwell again. He, like we've said before, he's raw, but he's brilliant. He's got something that we haven't had for years. So it's getting, yeah. making sure that he's playing, but you've got the right midfielders to play alongside him. So we've got that stability in midfield. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at the youth players who who, who got um, game time at the weekend, you have McGuinness back in there, who's becoming probably our best defender alongside Nelson. Um because just because Morrison's so slow and Flint's so slow. Evans, Colwell, Harris all had an influence on the game, Ben. Um, is, it, is it the right thing to keep, you know, we, we're talking about new managers, we'll talk about it in a minute. Would you rather see Morrison stay on that little bit longer if we can't make the right decision just to get the best out of those youth teamers in the first team? 100%. Look, if, the, if, if we set that deadline of the international break and we're not 100% certain that this, the candidates we've got are the right people, the club would be mad to make an appointment just because they said they would. It's time to mm-hmm. like, let's take time and get this right. Morrison's there's clearly something about Steve Morrison that the players like, that the younger players respond to. So yeah, don't rush it. If results are going, hairline. yeah, the results are, the results can't get any worse. So yeah, it's not going to hurt to keep him on a bit longer and make sure we get that appointment. Right. I like you say that the results can't get any worse with confidence when, they could get they could, they could yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they though? Like, yeah. Like, we got absolutely pasted for eight games on the banks. Yeah, we could have got nine, 10, 11, 12 games on the banks. That wasn't out of the realms of possibility. We lost five, we lost by five. We were conceding goals left, right, and center. It isn't going to get worse. It ain't it, it might not get better, but it's not gonna. I can't see any side going as bad as we did through some of those games under McCarthy towards the end. It's a bold prediction. It's a bold prediction, but even I think like we did hit the bottom of the barrel there. Oh yeah, we were scraping it for a long time as well. Yeah, you could really hear the noises. Um, the one thing that was quite nice to see Tom was Kiefer more smiling again, wasn't it? He's got a pretty forlorn figure over the last few weeks. I remember, I think Fulham 
when he came over at the end of the game, it looked like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders once again. It might have just been because it had rained and the Vaseline in his head had gone heavy. Um, but he just, you know, he scored that third goal and he looked very happy with himself. Was that nice to see? Definitely. And, you know, I'm not a striker myself, but listen to people like you and Robert and things on, like, as James Feast of Football, strikers are only happy when they're scoring goals. And that's what yeah. he's done now. He's scored. So that, that monkey's off his back. So he can, he, can, he can kick on. He's got a lovely international break coming up as well where he, he plays his best football as well. So if he builds a bit of momentum going into that, we might see the 20-goal striker we saw from last season. Because we, we, we're clearly a team that plays with momentum. When McCarthy came in, we won a load on the bounce. And that's all it'll take now. It's a decent result midweek. And we could kick on again. Because it's clearly... We were a, a team that were completely zapped of all confidence. And it's amazing what a couple of goals can do. You know, you, you flip that game on its head and we'd gone 3-0 up and then conceded three. We get the same result out of it, but the momentum goes and the confidence goes again. So, yeah, it's huge what happened, not like for the team, but for, especially for players like Moore, because he has looked a forlorn figure in some of these games, especially like Fulham away when he was just like, like I feel like you said on the other pod, they're kicking the ball up to him. He had to win it, then chase after it and then do something with it himself with no yeah. one helping him, where towards the end of the game uh, on the weekend, there were people chipping in. There was people helping him out, helping him out, sorry. So... Yeah, it's really, really important that he's confident and smiling. And like, like you mentioned that photo earlier on, it was so nice to see, wasn't it? They're just going absolutely nuts in front of the yeah. away end. It's going brilliant. Backer. It was that uh, fire back, wasn't it? It was just that whole feeling that sort of we love about City players. We're not after technically gifting mass like the best players in the world. We just want people to look like they give a shit. And it's the first time in a while yeah. you've seen that from those players. And it was really nice to see that they still did care. Yeah, they. I think they. I think they. They. They clearly love it. Them. I think. I think Mick had just sapped all the fun out of everything, hadn't he? Yeah. Um. In the in the worst way possible. Um. Final point on the Stoke game, Ben. Um. I think we played around 120 more accurate passes than we did against Borough. There was a better passing success ratio. I think we created more, according to Fotmar, please sponsor us, big chances than Stoke did, even though they managed to score three goals. But we created the more big chances. Even though it might be small steps, is that a step in the right direction for you? The more, keeping the ball, making more chances. Yeah, hundred percent. From that, if we go off that last thirty minutes of the game and get that going into the QPR game coming up on Wednesday, we can be really hard to play against. And like, if we can get a result there, it can really keep, like the old-fashioned, you know, the cliche kickstart your season and get things going in the again. So, yeah, hundred percent is the right. We're going in the right direction. If that's how it's going to go from now on. Well. If it's the right direction, then we'll be in the right direction going towards a new manager. Um, the, the Sky, I don't know what that link was, but it worked. Um, Skybet closed their market. Yeah, shut up, Ben. Uh, Skybet, Skybet closed their market on the new manager yesterday. Um, don't know if that's because they think something's imminent or it's just because no one was betting on it. Um, Tom, at the moment, it seems to be boiling down to three names. Uh, Michael Flynn, the former Defence Secretary of America. Uh, Jody Morris, um, the former small man who played for Bristol, and Michael Beale, Ian Beale's cousin. Um, out of those three names, who do you fancy? Oh, none of them really jump out. Like Flynn is probably, you know, the one that leads the way, but he's coming from a rival. It feels a bit weird. I know they're not a, a, like a recent time rival, but for a lot of our fans, that'll probably great a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, plucking a manager from Newport County coming to us, but. You've seen what he's done with the cup runs and things at Newport. He did a remarkable job there, but that's his hometown club. So it'd be interesting to see if he could have the same effect coming in. The other names there, you kind of feel like if you're going to bring in number twos from other clubs, 
is it any better than Morrison? Someone who's been around the club for a while, someone who already knows the youngsters, you know, that he knows the setup, you know, he's already involved with the players there. It's not really an upgrade from him. So I think Flynn, yeah, is the best candidate there. I'd probably he'd probably edge over Steve Morrison at the moment, but I wouldn't take the other two ahead of Morrison. I'd welcome them if they turn up, no problem. But yeah, they don't jump out as like massive contenders for me. Ben? I'd disagree with Tom, mate. I think the club are so stupid what they said about effect, just straight away ruling Morrison out of the job straight away. You've got Darman saying that he's not willing to take a risk on a manager, an unproven manager like Morrison. And then you've got three managers there, two of which have never been number ones. Another one's never managed at this level before. Why then rule out Morrison if the results are going in the right way? If things are going well, why 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 rule him out? He's <laughs> Jody Morris was supposed to be sort of the brains behind the Frank Lampard thing at Derby and Chelsea. But if he was that good, they would have kept him. Chelsea would have kept him on, I think. It's yeah, the same Derby underachieved. Chelsea yeah. underachieved arguably as well. Yeah, it's hard to sort of get too excited. But I like like Tom said, I'm not gonna like be straight away against them if any of these guys come in, but yeah, it does feel like, like you club. are though. Sounds like both of you hate them all. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Jody Morris. No, I, I hate Jody Morris because he um he was gonna sign for us and then said he was gonna go sign for a Premier League club and went for Leeds and apparently left it on like our voicemail before he signed the contract. So I thought you, I wasn't wasn't he the one that climbed out the toilet window at Ninian Park? I thought, I thought it was Wayne Routledge. Oh, was that Routledge? Was it? Uh, Morris was Mo- Jody Morris was years before Jody Morris was. Um, we apparently agreed a deal with him. Ninety five percent agreed the deal, and then um, just before he was meant to sign, seal, and deliver the contracts, he left and sent like a text or a voicemail, basically saying, "I'm off to sign for a Premier League club and sign for Leeds." Um, who then got relegated? So fuck him. Went well, didn't it, Jody? And he's got a silly name. And he's got a silly name. Well, um, well let's not alienate people with names. <laughs> we don't know who our listeners are. Could have loads thousands of Jodies. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I think as I understand it, the, with with Morrison, the, the club just don't see him as a as a as a manager yet, or as a first choice yet. Um, the, the, the what I've been told from behind the scenes is potentially that they wanted to put him in as number two alongside um, a, another candidate who 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 went elsewhere. Um, and I don't think they see Morrison as a first choice manager. To play devil's advocate with both of you on that, obviously we're not talking about we're not talking about managers who are number ones at the moment. We're talking about those number twos coming in. Do you not think that someone like Beale or Morris brings with them, and this is the kind of Steve Cooper effect at Swansea? Cooper did so well at Swansea, and Cooper did so well as a manager because he has a wealth of contacts throughout the game that he can call upon and call those favours in. Ben, for someone like Beale, who's come through the Liverpool system and the Rangers system, who are producing quite good youth players, Liverpool, have, you know, would trust him with a lot of stuff. Would it not make sense to? to would it not make sense from that point of view, bringing in a manager who can sign those young players and start flooding them in, while also doing the same with the youth system at Cardiff? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I can see the logic behind it. It was more just a sort of. But like I said I totally understand, and sort of they want to go out and sort of branch out to be a number one. Now it, it makes sense for them as well. And like you said, the whole reasoning of sort of like their contacts and what they sort of know makes a lot of sense. It was just more a case of sort of saying the club ruling Steve Morrison out straight away was my issue with it. Um, yeah, they've got contacts that are going to really pay, that could really pay off. Um, like you said, you've seen what he's done for other clubs of those sort of players, uh, people coming in. It ain't going to hurt. I can see why. They're not bad appointments. They're not like a disaster. Like I'm not pulling my hair out and thinking, oh Christ, it's not like it's a Pulis or a Hewton situation at the moment. The second yeah. I see Mark Hughes getting pulled in, getting linked, uh, that's when I start panicking. I think as well, it's quite refreshing to see people who've earned their way 
through like coaching elsewhere, being in the running rather than just pluck, like plucking an ex-player who's done nothing. You know, you've seen that a few times recently with people are just getting big names for the sake of getting big names in. But, you know, for every... I think you're right about saying about the Cooper thing, saying like the contacts can work could work perfectly for us that the loan signings we're going to rely on that we haven't got much money but for every Cooper you've got someone like a Solskjaer who just raided Man United and it didn't work so mm-hmm. I think we just have to be wary either way but uh, like Ben said I'm not pulling my hair out I'm, um, it doesn't excite me but it doesn't scare me at the same time I think it, it'd just be nice to have a bit of st- stability and a clear plan whoever comes in to be honest you mentioned Solskjaer but what, wasn't Solskjaer a, a three or four year manager at that point at Mulder who'd been a number one yeah, sorry, I don't mean it like that. I, that's true. I just mean relying on just bringing it. Yeah, I know. Just having a contact book isn't. Yeah, you shouldn't just necessarily rely on it. I think we have to be wary of that. But yeah, to be honest, yeah, like I said, I'm not massively excited by it, especially if like Flynn's our front runner. You'd like to think someone like a Wilder would be, but we know why he's now. We're broke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, you'd like to think a couple of years ago you'd see someone like Coventry flying high in the league with Mark Robbins and you'd be like oh maybe we could even though we're lower down we're arguably a bigger club we're a better prospect and you, you could see us trying to poach a manager from someone but we're not going to be doing that at the moment so you can see why these names are coming up because there's probably as much as we've got 50 candidates we've probably got slim pickings of experienced managers on that list well when you see, when you heard it was people like Nicky Butt putting a name forward and Luis yeah. Belmorte it's like oh, who else has put their name forward I don't know how true that is but you think if they're the names that they're willing to pick out of the hat like who who else has put their name forward if you all, put your name forward Ben was Eric, De- Eric Jemba Jemba and we yeah Jemba Jemba and Cleberson maybe yeah perfect link of mid-2000s footballers um, I think part of me for Beal is sort of like I'm a bit paranoid is um, I can't remember who it was it was an excellent full player on TalkSport today and they tweeted about what he said he was on about like how he's trying to encourage like his mates take going for the job, can understand the link and stuff like that. And then he was bringing up loads of like number twos that have failed. It's <laughs> like you're not convincing me, you're not doing his job favors, any sort of things. He was on about um, Steve McLaren at United, and who's uh, who was then not Dennis Law, Brian Law was it that went from Manchester United to Blackburn and got them relegated Brian as well. Brian Kidd, Brian sorry, Kidd. yeah, yeah. But yeah, he was bringing up all those, and that really did not fill me with confidence when you were saying about that. Yeah, I, I wrote I wrote some pros and cons for each manager. Um, Michael Flynn lives nearby. Um, Morris is <laughs> <laughs> Morris is little, so doesn't take up too much space. And um, I put mainly for Michael Beal is that we could play a game called Beal or No Beal in some form, which I think is ideal for podcast, isn't it? Podcast content would be great. Beal in, Beal in for yeah, me. Yeah, Beal in. Um, I must admit, I must pay homage to to my friend and the comedian Robin Morgan because um, me and him started playing Beal or No Beal when we did student radio together and it got on Radio One. So maybe we can bring him back for a Beal or No Beal if Michael Beal does join as manager. He's doing a, um, a stand up thing in my I my new job. They're doing a thing in Killinilka comedy night, and he's yeah, he's a good boy. Enough. He's a good boy. Um, don't know if he listens to the podcast, but I'll tell him we mentioned him. Um, <laughs> he's he's going great guns at the moment. Um, on Mark the week, yeah, he was on Mark the week. He was brilliant on Mark the week as well. Um, any any, any more Robin Morgan stories? <laughs> nah, yeah? nah, it's a good point. Popped into point. my head. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think so? Skybet shut their market yesterday, Ben. We've already kind of mentioned it. Whether we will get it wrapped up. Are you? Do you think by Saturday? Because that's the next international break, isn't it? Um, is it after it is. Saturday? We'll be into next week. Uh, after Saturday, we'll have a manager in place. Yes or no? You got to say it now. Say it now. Yes. Yes. Oh, Tom. Well, by the end of the international break, yes. By the end of this week? Uh, no, not by the end of this week, no. Ben, are you still happy saying yes? Yes. I'm going to say maybe. Fantastic. 
Yeah, we've got the even spread. quality content, that, Ben. Thank you. Top quality content. <laughs> Listen, we've got to cover all bases when we're doing the podcast. Uh, right, now over to the Twitter questions. So let me open the link. <laughs> this is seat to the pants podcasting. Stuff. Um, we had we had we had loads of comments again because people love to tell us what they think. Um, the first comment was from Adrian Charles Stan account. Adrian Charles, Britain's best columnist, by the way. Uh, Bakuna back in his actual position was a positive. Second half, he led the press, screened the back five well. None of our other centre midfielders are capable of performing that role. He needs to play there moving forwards because we've been run out outrunning midfield now for multiple seasons. Without winning our battles in midfield, there's no hope for us playing a new style. Why we reverted playing so deep and inviting pressure under McCarthy. Hence, why Bakuna back in the middle felt like a new signing it's a very interesting point isn't it Ben because Pack, Volks and Rolls are all very similar and Bakuna does offer us a genuinely a different option yeah it's just his role's got to be clearly defined I think part of the grief that everyone sort of gives Bakuna is that no one really knows where he plays what sort of role does he do in a midfield because mm-hmm. he's just not had a steady run there No, I think the main run he has when he first came into the club in midfield in, in the Premier League and at that stage, we were starting to flounder a bit and it wasn't exactly like you could get the best out of him. Hopefully, he goes on a good run because he's clearly a good footballer there. He scored some absolutely unbelievable goals for other clubs. There's something about him and hopefully we see it yeah. before he leaves in the summer. I think he's still here. I think oh, his contract's not up, is it? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so he's, he's, he is going to be our midfielder next year. Yeah. Um, Stu, uh, first hour was awful as usual this season, but after that, we actually had some fight. We wouldn't have seen that under uh, McCarthy. Hopefully, this gives us now a springboard to do something better. I'm actually looking forward to QPR now. Bloody hell. Great to see the youngsters doing the biz too. Uh, Mark Blackmore, I have to be honest and say that at 50 minutes, I thought we were going to be on the end of another hammering. However, you have to give credit to both Morrison for making a change and Harris for the impact. Very strong last 30 minutes, to be fair. Um Diff MJ, the mentality was more progressive. First time in years, we didn't punt it long from kickoff or every goal kick. A few patterns of play. Given that's how we play with three days training, that late game left me feeling optimistic we can get points and change our style. Um, it's quite an interesting point, isn't it? That Tom, it's the, for the first time in years, we didn't punt it long for every kickoff, and you could see a few patterns of play. Shows how successful we've kind of been with seemingly no plan. Yeah. It's true, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad. I mean, we've kind of just got away with it for a long time without actually planning. Blow your mind, Ben. No. Is that why you're on delay? <laughs> uh, no, there was a slight delay in the in the lag as well. It made me look like I was really thinking about it. <laughs> you're proper but, surprised. It sounded like that. <laughs> so, oh my god, an actual football question. No, but but it, it's interesting to see that we had like patterns of play with just like a week of Morrison being there as well. Do you know what I mean like? I think that's probably why it went wrong in the first half. Because we're trying yeah. something new, and it might take, like, it'll take more than a half of football to bed in. But you could all, all, already see it having an impact. And I think one, in one of the comments you mentioned earlier, Morrison changing things that that is a huge impact on the game because it, under Harris and the McCarthy, both of them waited so long to make substitutions and often wouldn't even make all the substitutions they could. And it's it's good to see that he was throwing attackers on to try and win the game not trying to stop getting hammered by even yeah. more when we're 3-0 down. It was a positive substitution he made by bringing Harris on, and it worked. So that was really, really good to see. Uh, the next question was from Ellis Hearn. 
not asking about coming on the pod again. It was nice to see Giles, Giles playing in his actual position. As good as the comeback was, there are still glaring issues at the back. Morrison isn't the same player. Two more games, we'll have more clarification on where the club is going, but crazy, we actually scored. Ben, I noticed that about Morrison. He, it seems like his, his pace is even eluding him even more than it was when he wasn't very quick. I think it's a psychological thing, is that if you're being told you're not going to be here next season, you're not mm. going to... It's yeah. not a case like him throwing it in, but you're not going to risk your sort of long-term health. Career. And you've seen what happened with Joe Bennett. He's seen what's happened with Joe Bennett, a player who was in the last year of his contract, had a contract on the table ready to be signed. This injury happened and it all went fell apart and he ended up leaving the club. Um, yeah, it's a difficult situation. It is a difficult situation. Uh, Sean Collins, um, oh, he's got two... Got a few questions actually. Very pleased with the reaction yesterday. I'm more impressed with that than a win. Not sure if others agree. Shows we have something left in these players. Although Flynn doesn't film with confidence, he has to come in. I would rather see someone else with a bit of vision. A little harsh, but I'm not sure if he is the man if we are looking to go in a different direction. Not sure why I'd rather have someone more exciting. Please feel awful saying that, but if he did get it, it could be great for us. What's your opinion on Flynn? Kind of covered that off, Tom, but does Flynn excite you at all? To be fair, he was a man who always had a plan. To be fair to him, like he set up for certain games, like horses for courses. Like he beat big teams in the, in the mm-hmm. cup, scoring goals. It wasn't like just smash and grab. They were playing good football. So, you know, scored against big clubs like like Man Leicester, City, Middlesbrough. I mean, like, yeah, do you know what I mean they they were, they were they were good games to watch as well. So I, it doesn't like put me off or anything like that. I, I genuinely think he'd play some decent football and we'd be organised while we were doing it. But it's just that Newport link is bugging me a little bit, and I don't know why. I'm not even—I don't even dislike Newport that much, but it just feels weird more than anything. It's a nice place, Newport. Um, Sean Collins also oh, said, "Also, oh, you play for Rogerston. Also, from what I've seen so far, the only players I could be warding with uh, new deals would be Riles and Smithies, but can see them both going elsewhere. It's both very good players. The Championship side. Do you think Morrison is worth keeping at the moment? He's not the same player. Jamie Stone." Also, as we can only keep one of the players out of contract, who you keep in for me, it has to be Rolls. Only him and Moz are the two he would resign. Ben, out of the players who are leaving, um, I think it's Kieran Brown, Smithies, Morrison, Flint, Pack, The Cell, Rolls, Volks at the moment. Um, obviously, Giles is going on loan. Who, if you had to prioritise one of those players, would it be Rolls? Would it be someone else? I think it's clearly Isaac Lasalle is the player to make sure we get tied down to another. Got to keep the physio busy, haven't you? Exactly. Look, people need people need jobs at this date of this time. Um, Joe Rawls is the obvious one for me. I think we miss him so much in midfield when he's not there. He's such an underrated player in the championship, and I'd hate to see him go elsewhere and finally get us. Means this is going to sound finally get the recognition he deserves. Mm. Um, I want him to sort of say it under the radar with Cardiff, sort of just keep us plugging along and hopefully get back to the Premier League at some stage because getting get demoralised by being underappreciated. Yeah, he doesn't uh, seem as last about being underappreciated either. He seems like he's played a lot. I think he quite likes it. He's channeled the spirit of wits. I think it's sort of just that not not as Darrow as wits, but sort of just the not arseness of sort of yeah everything. It's quite refreshing to see, and we won't see a player. I don't think we'll see a player like him again for a long time. Tom, who would you re-sign? Yeah, I think Rawls. Um, I think, obviously, you said Giles is leaving. I'd like to see him coming in on a permanent, but that's not going to happen. Be going on money. But to be honest with you, I, I wouldn't mind Pack staying. I think he, at the beginning mm. of the season, he was our best player. He's gone off the boil recently, but there's a, there's a player in there. And I think with a manager coming in and utilising him in the right way, he, he's a silky player when he gets going. You know, he sees a pass that other players in our team don't. So I wouldn't mind Pac staying as well, to be honest. 
But outside of that, like I want, I'd like Morrison to be in and around the team, but probably in a bit more of a bit part role. He's not going to be our, you know, 46 game a season man at the centre centre back anymore. He just, I don't think he'd be able to do it. He hasn't been that for years, has he? But the idea of Morrison and McGuinness as a centre back pairing, if Morrison's back to what he was six months ago. That's a hell of a centre back pairing. You've got someone that can yeah. play like like McGuinness can get the ball down and sort of play with it, and you've got Morrison there behind then to sweep up and sort of tidy up the messes that are going to happen when a player plays like that. It's going to be very similar to what they had under Bam, like with him and Bamba. A midfielder likes to take the ball down and play run with it, and yeah, Morrison there just loves a last ditch tackle. So that would be a hell of a centre back pairing if we can get him back to what he was. And then we will have Nelson as well, so that would be wouldn't be a bad three to kind of alternate between that middle three because Nelson's got the pace and he's got the um, what's the word I'm looking for the aggression because he just fucking loves a tackle, doesn't he? Um, John said John Shed John Shed John Shad John Shed Bakuna great in his proper position. Volks frustratingly was involved in all six goals. I like what I saw with the playing style. Our academy is going to be the savior of our club, producing quality Welsh youth at a fraction of what we paid for our players over the last ten years. Um, Reese Gilbert, uh, which players do you think we should bring back in January and which players do you think will be brought back in January, if any? Um, ben, is there anyone you'd want to bring back in January? I think Giles just to pad out that midfield a bit. Um, as much Giles as will be here in January, not Giles, sorry, what's he called? Wintle, 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 that's the one. Um, you bring, said, you bring Wintle back, bring Wintle back, just sort of pad out that midfield because. A couple, we've seen what's happened, a couple of suspensions and injuries, and it's bare bones, and we're bringing in, like, no disrespect to play like uh, Ellie, is it Eli King? Eli King. So if he he looks like he's going to be a player in a few years, but I don't think he's quite ready at that level for championship football. So someone just to cover there, and it isn't going to work to have another option in the field because he seems to be doing the business for Blackpool at the moment. Yeah, he's been a part of their renaissance. Uh, Tom, do you agree, Wintle, or would you bring back everyone's favourite, Josh Murphy? No, I think Wintle is the like when we're so short in midfield, it makes the decision to send him out even more baffling, really, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see him come back. Just I'd like better just shore up that midfield a bit because that's the one glaring, glaring, you know, problem in our squad at the moment. That doesn't mean um, I, I don't think we'll see Murphy back in January because it ain't going well at Preston as it is. His ankle is, yeah, and he's not. He didn't exactly do great there before. Uh, the good thing about the, you know, you mentioned, uh, was it, was it Hughes you mentioned or King? King. King. Um, my mate who's an agent says that King and Hughes are the real deal uh, at Cardiff City, which is quite exciting when you've got players like Sambo and uh, Ruben Colwell already ahead of him and playing. And if those two can come through and bolster the back as well, all of a sudden in a few years' time, we could have a, a, a midfield of pure academy players backing up people like Colwell and, and, um, and the, the strike whose name has literally just fallen out my head, who's scoring every week for the under 23s. Uh, Taz Delamere. No. Frank Zimba. That's yeah. the one. That's the one. I couldn't get his name out. I, I, it was on the tip of my tongue, but I couldn't say it. Yeah, I just think say Isaac Fassell. He scored tonight for the under 23s, isn't he? Yeah, they're 3 yeah, you, 1 up you, against Swansea with like five minutes to go as well. And, so that's, that's, and as everyone knows, that's the real derby. That's yeah. the real derby. Yeah. They just that's one we all wanted to win as well. Yeah, they, well, they eight that'd be eight from eight or nine from nine. Nine from nine, that, I think. That, yeah, that's it's like the opposite. Like, it's the opposite of the first team. And that's so refreshing to see, though, because for years we like I I you said it was awful, and Swansea's was so good, and it, it seems to be where I don't know how it happened. But a bit of investment, obviously, and a bit bit of time, like getting coaches in, we're really turning it around. So 
that you know, if we're going to be short of cash, that is the way forward. Is bringing yeah. youngsters through, and to be honest, that's what we all want. We all want to see mm-hmm. youngsters get on the pitch. We give them a little bit more time to bed in as well than we would any other player. So yeah, it's great to see. That's um, why we didn't mention how good Cola was in the second half against Stoke. That's first goal. Like the comp, it was. Keep probably should have saved it, but the confidence to have that shot was yeah. unbelievable. It's Definitely. kind of a given that he's going to be that good, though. And that's you know he's he is so good, Colwell, and I think he's he's going to be special for the future. Definitely. Um, Two hundred uh, grand we're going to sell him for. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, Nick Jones, uh, Nick Jones had tweeted to, and he agrees with you guys. Get Wintle back in January. Um, we're about to see the um, the two types of Cardiff City fan now with two separate tweets. Oliver Reese, after being stuck in three road accidents and having to walk three miles to the ground to watch Bakuna play like he got introduced to football an hour before kickoff was something special. Um, Owen Goldberg, Bakuna looked class in centre mid. Shock. That's the that's the uh, duality of man right there in one moment. Uh, Connor Davis, Morrison had a plan and played with people in their actual positions. Was that the best card of side we can feel until at least January? Albeit we probably won't get anyone in. Um, ben, do you think that's the best side we're going to field until January, or is there anyone else that you would bring in and out? I think Joe Rule, other than Joe Rules putting in the midfield instead of Will Volks. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset to see that side playing week in, week out. Tom? Yeah, the, with Mark Harris coming in like from the starting lineup, I'd like to see him given a bit more run of games because if he hits a bit of form, we saw it with Wales as well when he came on. Yeah, you know, he makes a real impact in games. So yeah, um, th- yeah, apart from that, yeah, agree. Uh, Annalise OBE, do you think that even if Bakuna became as good as Messi, the fans would still hate him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Cardiff signed Messi now, we'd complain he's too old. Um, a Bluebird legend from, and thank you, a Bluebird legend from the first couple of minutes, you can see a different style of play, even though the application was way off. Perhaps that will come with more time on the training ground. Limbs are plenty in the second half. Loved it. It's what football's about, isn't it, Tom? Limbs in the second half, even though it was a draw. 100%. I'm watching... There's so many people videoing from the Stoke end. I must have seen about 20 different angles of our fans celebrating. So normally yeah. I hate vloggers, but if it's videoing us coming back from three goals down to celebrate, crack on. Because I've watched every single one. As well as they it was so pissed. sweet. Oh, there was so there's people leaving. I was like, this is brilliant. People storming out when they've equalized. And it's like what 20 minutes, 25 minutes left on the clock. Brilliant. Yeah. Love to see it. Um uh, Chris Stevens can't recall watching a Cardiff game where we could have lost by four or five and almost won the same game. Mad game. And uh, Matthew Hall, final word. Uh, please, 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 not Mike Flynn. Um, I don't want Mike Flynn either. He's queuing on, it's weird. Um, right. Two games to preview now. Um, this is a different Mike Flynn. Um, two games to preview now, Ben. Uh, we've got QPR and Huddersfield coming up before the uh, the next international window. Um, what do you know about QPR, Ben? What's your favourite? Who's your favourite QPR man? I think Albert Adoma, isn't it? How can Albert anyone Adoma. not love Albert? I think did he, he he did quite well, didn't he, on Friday? They played Nottingham Forest. I think he set up the goal or something. Oh, like you got, you got, oh was it? Who did it to him? One of the Forest players, Trudin his Achilles. It was a complete accident, but you know when you, you we've all played sort of that and you get that tread on, someone does that to you. Oh, it made me wince. It's that that look fucking it's one of those hard, one of those real painful ones, isn't it? Yeah. Um QPR go into this game in eighth position. They're on a bit of a choppy run. Uh the last five results go draw, loss, win, loss, win. Uh so one for everyone there, Tom. Um I think 
they've become a little bit of a bogey team in the last few years. I think everyone remembers the 6-1 uh, away at Loftus Road. Uh, Will Volk scored in that game. Uh, they drew with us. They drew with them. Um, drew with them. They drew a Forest on Friday, one all. Uh, it's a home game for us. Um, QPR up in eighth. Is this a chance for us to to get a decent home win against a team above us in the league? Yeah, I think so. You know, they were a team who were mentioned in kind of the same breath as us, beginning of the season, similar odds. You know, they've improved. They started playing well towards the end of last season. They got some quality there. Like they got, we had Flint scoring early in the season. They had Rob Dickey, who seemed to be scoring every week early on. Five and five, didn't he? He's quality. Mad. He's a quality player, especially from set pieces. You know, they got um, Elias Chair. You know, he's a he's an absolute talent as well. And they've got like. Don't set the world alight, but people like Lyndon Dykes up front, you know, international player, he, he scores goals as well. They've got threats and they've got the likes of Charlie Austin, who was on the bench on the weekend. Yeah. So there's plenty of people to look out for. So if you beat a team like that at home, they're the games you want to be winning if you're in with a shout of being in and around the playoffs. So yeah, it'd be a big, big win if we managed to get it against them. Yeah, they had what well, Ilias Chair was, was banging them in earlier this season as well. Um, I didn't realize they had Andre Gray on loan as well. Um, Ben, did you expect QPR to be pushing for the playoffs at this stage in the season? Warburton is a bit hit and miss as a manager. He did well at Brentford a few years ago, but he seems to turn it around this year, hasn't he? Yeah, they they really struggled towards the end of last year, didn't they? Um, they sort of fell away and sort of looked like they could be in trouble, but they've really picked up. They made some they picked up some decent signings to be fair in the window, and they look quite strong. They're again one of those teams that could very easily have ended up where we are, or mm-hmm like we've seen now they're pushing for the playoffs. It's sort of the perfect league for them. And yeah, Warburton sort of turned it around because I thought he was going to be in a bit of trouble, but no, the fans seem to be backing him still there, which is sort of unique for QPR because they seem to turn on managers quite quickly. Um, yeah, quicker than us. Yeah, which is impressive. They, they brought people in though, haven't they? And I think, like we said at the beginning of the season, there was a clear like top four we thought going into the season. So if anyone was going to make those final playoff places, it was, you know... QPR were always going to be named in that in those kind of like chasing pack that could be making the so I don't think I don't think it's like a big surprise or anything like that. But you know, when you look at the teams who are up there, like Huddersfield, we've probably gone to now and Blackpool being in and around the playoffs, there's no reason why it couldn't be QPR. Yeah, before we talk about Huddersfield, what's everyone's favorite Cardiff City versus QPR moment? Uh Ben, I'll come to you first. Um, got to be Andy Gamble, isn't it? Yeah, that was a good moment as well, Tom. Oh, mine's Joe Ledley away at them. This is my, I think it was my first or second away game. But can I so. guess what yours is going to be then? Yeah, I, go on then. Is it you? Is it when the report came out on Twitter of the Cardiff fans lobbing horseshit at the QPR fans? No, I was just going to say when we signed Richard Langley after beating them to promotion because they. I, I, thought, I thought you were going to be all about the horseshit because you brought it up last <laughs> time as well. Did I? <laughs> well, I did. Yeah, it, no, I think one that's very unsanitary. It's disgusting. <laughs> Um, no, I liked it. Um, I liked it when we, um, yeah, we signed Richard Langley on um, off them because he was their star player, and then absolutely ruined him, which was a shame. But That's what we do. QPR didn't have him. Um, I once went to when I when I lived in Shepherd's Bush. I went to watch QPR play Walsall on a Tuesday night in the cup, and they won three 0 But um, the game was so unmemorable, apart from the guy next to me who smelled like a cold house. And um, I bought hot chocolate to warm myself up, and when I spilt it, he laughed at me and went, <laughs> "Fucking idiot." <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who you are. I've got a lot of time for that, though. Yeah, I appreciate it. He was with his kids as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Rude bastard. Are we beating QBR, though, Ben? Based on the last 30 minutes of um, the Stoke game, I think we're beating any team we come up against. 
Good. So, so yeah, go on, fuck it. Positive podcast, boys. We haven't had them for a while. Let's have some, let's show some fucking ambition. Tom, are we beating them? It's quite funny. Like, let's focus on the last half hour and ignore the nine and a half games before it. But yeah, we're beating. Yeah, we're beating them two 0 Beating them two 0 Ben, do you want to put forward a prediction? Uh, three one. Whoa! <laughs> I'm just going to go with a with a with a two one. I think it'd be choppy, but we'll get there. Um, and then following that on Saturday, um, I think it's a trip to Huddersfield uh, to the the John Smith Stadium, no, uh, the home. McAlpine Stadium. Is it home as well? Fuck me! I do my research, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I do my research. Um, I, I, I literally know at, I'm buying tickets to go. So I literally looked at everything, but. Where we were playing, I looked at like their last um, few games. I also looked at who plays for them, um, and also the fact, Tom, that Huddersfield are in fifth somehow. Yeah, that's mad. How I took them to be in the relegation zone or just outside it. I think, in the... but it just shows you know the championship, mad, 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 mad league. No, but I think they'll fall away. I'm pretty sure of it. But well, have 50, 15 games into the season, well, it's very tight at the top. I'd it's very that. tight between like, I think it's like fifth and 19th, isn't it? It's like hardly anything in it. So that could change in a couple of games. But yeah, they've, they've started well. Um, but it just shows how badly some other teams like us are doing who thought they'd be in the reckoning. But yeah. it's, it shouldn't be anything to fear. You know, that should, we should be winning those games at home. Um, they, fun fact, uh, they have the top assist maker in the league. Um, ben, do you want to guess who that is? Is it Sorba? Yeah, Sorba the Greek. Uh, he's got eight assists so far this season, which is three clear of the set. The the, the next two, who's a joint two for the second place assist in the league. Who are in joint second, Ben? Giles. Well done. Oh, a second. I Tom, do you know. want to sneak in here? No, I don't know. I want to see Ben do it. I don't know it. John Swift from from Reading. <sighs> I've... But they've they've got um, they've got Sorba Thomas with eight assists at the top. Uh, they got one of the they got the joint second uh, a, a clean sheets uh, with Lee Nichols with five. But they don't have a top scorer in the top five, um, which makes you think they're a bit like Cardiff a few years ago. Lots of players scoring different goals. Um, and speaking of Cardiff a few years ago, Tom, <laughs> they have Danny Ward and Fraser Campbell playing for them. Uh, what's your abiding memory of Danny Ward? Uh, not much. <laughs> to be honest, just everyone saying he was the greatest thing. Like, why isn't Danny Ward playing? And then Danny Ward coming on and not doing anything and making it obvious why he wasn't playing. But then next week, everyone calling for Danny Ward to come on and do something. And then him not doing something and it just repeats. But no, I, I liked him. He, he, he put himself about, didn't he? Um, but I, he wasn't Danny, one I, Danny Ward. He wasn't one. I'm Danny. sick of that. I. Fans chanting for someone to come on when this player's on the field who he should be getting behind riles me anyway. And if Danny Ward that person was Ken Zahore. Yeah, but how many goals <laughs> how many goals did how many goals did Danny Ward score in the Premier League season? How many goals did Ken Zahore score in the Premier League season? Danny Ward scored more than Ken Zahore that year. No, he didn't. He scored one. He scored yeah. one goal against Arsenal. And Ken Zahore scored one goal against Southampton. I thought Danny Ward scored two. I thought he got a couple. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got one in the league because um, he was. I think he played against Arsenal, and then we didn't see him for about a month because he was injured again. Well, <laughs> fuck! I look like a penis now. Exactly, one goal each, but everyone preferred Danny Danny Ward. Um, they also got Fraser Campbell, Ben, who was a lovely man. Yeah, I'm looking at this squad now, and I can see four players that really wouldn't surprise me if they scored against us. Go on, then reel them obviously, off. Obviously, got the Danny Ward effect, the Fraser Campbell effect, former club. Sort of that kid. Thomas. 
No, I've I've not thought about. I've not really gone for him for a goal. I've gone Jordan Rhodes because he hasn't scored many this season, and we love to do that for him. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Jonathan Hogg. After the amount of times I've called him a cunt, oh, I can't stand that. Like, I yeah, hate Jonathan Hogg when he broke <laughs> Craig Conway's foot, and then he, he seems to do something bad against us. I, I I say that there's two times I can remember he broke Craig Conway's foot with one of the worst challenges I've ever seen, and he headbutted Harry Arter, which I would do as well. So yeah, I go, go, yeah, go back him. to it. Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. actually, John <laughs> suddenly Hogg did the he right doesn't thing. seem so bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, we, we didn't see. I remember the Premier League year. We, we had a good run against them when we ever we had them in the Championship. But the Premier League year was two nil-nil draws, wasn't it? It was two bore draws and then two grim games as well. Yeah, yeah, and I broke, I fell over and broke my nose trying to ring my mum. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my abiding memory of tripped over a cobbled, <laughs> cobbled pavement, not looking where I was going, and landed on my face. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's not. The, it wasn't the only time you did that this that season, was it? No, I did it twice. Yeah. <laughs> But Newcastle, yeah. it was very snowy. It was very icy underfoot. I fell over, very both icy. drunk and sober that weekend. Yeah, so that's fine. Um, they are also on a similar run to QPR: win, loss, draw, win, draw. Um, kind of sums up the championship that both those teams are pushing for promotion when their results aren't as good as they could be. Um, ben, do you see us getting a result against Huddersfield? I really don't know what to make of them at the moment. They seem to be playing quite good football. Seem to be getting results, but. I just really, I have every time I've seen them, they just flatter to deceive. Yeah, that's just exactly what I feel about them. You can't, I think that's probably what their fans will say as well. You never know what Huddersfield side are going to turn up. Mm. They could easily sort of go on a good run and sort of smash us, or we could come away with a comfortable win. Um, yeah, that's not, I know that's not exactly what the content people are coming here to listen to. It's just me going, I don't fucking know, but I don't fucking know. And you're honest. And that's a lot to be said for being an honest man. Uh, Tom, do you want to lie about something? Yeah, lie about it. Um, <laughs> well, it's like when they went, when they actually went up to the Premier League, they went up with like negative goal difference. Minus, minus goal difference. And first I went to that playoff team, first final. First team to ever do that. Yeah, I went to yeah. that playoff final against Reading and it was honestly one of the worst games I've ever been to. Like I've never felt like I've come away from watching a Huddersfield game like on TV or in person and gone, tell you what, they played well today. But they seem to get results. They, like, they've been effective. But... You know, like I said, we've got to win those games at home if we've got any chance of being in there on the playoffs. So I know we're quite a bit off at the moment and we were on about relegation last week. We have got an outside chance if we put a run together. And yeah, these two games are huge for us. Did you say us for the playoffs then? No. Outside yeah, chance we... of a run for the playoffs. I agree. I, I thought you were about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said, you said positive pod. <laughs> yeah, I got the memo. Hell. We've I'm just having a look at um, I'm all over the shop I'm just having a look at the table for when they got promoted they won 25 games they drew 6 they lost 15 which is the highest of anyone in the playoffs they scored 56 and they conceded 58 their biggest win that year it looks like was a 3-0 a 3-2 maybe they lost 5-0 and 4-0 to Fulham um, they managed to lose four 0 to Bristol and still get promoted. I think that uh, we beat them three 0 away uh, just before they went into the playoffs in the last game. That of the was season. Um, Joe Bennett put turned into just prime Messi that day, didn't he? He was unbelievable. He and, and we beat them at home three two. We tend um, to have good results against them. Like Josh Murphy had a blinder against them, didn't he? Away from home, last, scored a, he scored two. Yeah, he scored that he really scored good a brace, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And guess who scored against them on the final day of the season when we beat them three 0 Ben. Uh, it was Joe Bennett and Peter Whittingham, wasn't it? 
No, Peter Whitten. It was Peter Whitten's last game. It was Big Kenza Hoare, who you just disparaged. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot, how, I, forgot, I forgot how well he's doing at West Brom currently. Yeah, he's not playing, is he? Maybe we can get him back. Uh, I'd welcome him back. So then, Ben, positive pod. Are we going to beat Huddersfield? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Good man. What's the score going to be? Uh, 2-0. Clean sheet. That's, that's how much they prove goals and clean sheets now as well. well Smith, didn't Smithy play for Huddersfield? He, he did, yeah. yes. Yeah, so he's got a point to prove because, um, I don't know, he's just playing his old team. Tom? They're doing 4 nil. Do them 4 nil. Who's getting all those four goals? Is it Kiefer Moore with four? Yeah. No, I, I, I reckon uh, Morrison. The Steve Washington. or Sean. Yeah, I, forgot, <laughs> I forgot both their names. Christ <laughs> almighty. Can we do this earlier next week? Um, and, you asked yeah. for eight o'clock, your penis. Yeah, you were the one who specifically oh said eight o'clock. I was trying to do dramatic effect, man. All right. All right, Kiefer Moore with two. Mark Harris with one. And defender Morrison, Sean, with the other. All right. Um, I'm going to go 3-1. And I'm going to go with Will Volks. He's going to throw one in, do a long throw, and it's just going to bounce in somehow. Um, I'm going to go... With a midfielder as well, Joe Rawls, if he's back and keep him off. There we go. Um, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. So that's two wins coming up, boys. Um, season's I looking think. good, isn't it, Ben? It is. And we've just won the South, the proper South Wales derby. Good in there. Yeah, that's the one they all wanted to win. That's what they were all saying. They were like, oh, yeah, it's nice to win 3 0 at the Liberty, but we really want to win the Academy game in a few weeks' time. Well, you can't Definitely. fucking have it, Swansea. Do the shove away now, Jamie Patterson, you Bristol prick. Chad, any thoughts? I couldn't agree more. That's, that's the most sense <laughs> you've ever spoken. <laughs> yeah, it is, to be honest. Uh, and that's it for another week on The View from the Ninian. Um, if you like what we do, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, if you like what we do even more that you want to give us some money, you can go to kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. If you like what we do to the extent that you want to drop us an email, you can email uh, the Ben. You thought it was give away his email address. Uh, Let's be honest. I oh, know you said the actual domain. <laughs> yeah, we said the actual pre. It could be Hotmail, it could be Talk21, it could be Yahoo, it could be Alta Vista. That was a good search engine. Bebo. Um, could be Bebo. Um, you can find us on MySpace if you want. Um, or you can just tweet us and say that you like us. If you want to review our podcast, that would be much appreciated as well. You can review it on any podcast platform you listen to. Ben, have I forgotten anything there? Uh, no. No. That's pretty comprehensive, wasn't it? It's good, um, well done. Thank you, mate. And Tom, you're setting up a TikTok this week for View from the Ninian, aren't you? Oh, that'll be out of a watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not. No. Yeah. You, won't, you won't to? find this on TikTok. No, you don't have to now. Oh, I right, said okay. no. It's fine. I started start going fine. red then. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's ready to jump up. Um, I'm kind of sh- petering out here, not sure where this is going. So, Ben, <laughs> I'll see you next week. Ciao, boys. Bye, Tom. See you. Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get the ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? 
Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash DFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie.